From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, one small step for F, one giant leap for the merge. You short Bitcoin, you get burnt, and nothing says Web3 like brick and mortars. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, July 28th, 2022. Got an email from a listener yesterday. I love when you guys email in. I love it. Thank you very much for writing in, Jan. Jan says, hey, Matthew, hope this is the correct email address. It always sounds like you're saying Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co on the podcast. And that's because I am saying Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co on the podcast. Matthew Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at Decrypt.co. Jan continues to say, anywho, regarding these miners. Remember, we're talking about the Ethereum hash rate and the proof of work miners that are working on Ethereum right now. When Ethereum goes to proof of stake, where does all that hash power, all that GPU processing power go? Jan says, I assume many of the F miners will be migrating their GPU power toward the render network. Yet no one's talking about this. I've personally viewed rendered as a sleeping giant for this very reason. And that's a very good point. A very good point. So what is render? Render was on the show before we had Beeple and Render on the show together talking about what they do. And what Render does is it allows creators to create, you know, huge works, huge bodies of like, you know, digital art. And that will usually take a long time for a specific computer to render. And you need some massive computer power to render these huge 3D, um, very high definition artworks or movies or so on and so forth. But Render Network is taking it and distributing that processing power, allowing these individual small artists the same computing processing power as, say, a giant corporation or a giant production company. And so you're able to get your stuff back quickly. I mean, on that show, Beeple was talking about how he would have to, you know, if he wanted to change one thing or, you know, just experiment with different ideas with his art, he would have to change it, render it, see how it looks, and then if he doesn't like it, change it again. And so rendering some of these huge files takes hours, maybe sometimes days, depending on the files. Render chops that down. And so that's a great thought that this can be moved to the render network. Hmm. Let's see what happens. Also, by the way, Ethereum has taken another small but crucial step toward the merge. Ethereum's 10th shadow fork actually went live yesterday, a full 26 hours ahead of schedule. The final testnet merge is due August 11th, right around the corner. And then after that, if successful, they're going to merge on September 19th. We're talking just around the corner, less than two months away. What's going to happen? Is it going to be successful? What happens to the price? What happens to the transaction speed? What happens to the gas fees? I'm very looking forward to it. Speaking of fees, let's take a look at those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. What is going on in the market? Because we have Bitcoin sitting at $23,090. 
up 8% in 24. Ethereum's at $1,640, up 11% in 24. Tether's number three, USDC's number four, and Binance is at 268, up 5% in 24. Running off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. Total market cap, we're at $1.05 trillion. And that's an increase of 6.5% in 24. We have a BTC dominance of 41.7 and an F dominance of 18.8. And we have some quick news about what happened with this price. So nearly 88,000 traders were liquidated over the past 24 hours. Of those traders, a hefty 72% of them were short on various cryptocurrencies, resulting in losses of $273.8 million. Ethereum led the liquidations with nearly $165.5 million of liquidation, and of that, $120 million were short positions. Bitcoin traders were also liquidated in the tune of $116 million, $82 million in shorts, <laughs> followed by $22 million in shorts of Ethereum Classic. Do not try to short Bitcoin. Just don't do it, guys. Just don't. I mean, everybody gets smoked sooner or later. And what's interesting about this is that this comes on the heels, this bullish price action comes on the heels of the Fed raising rates 75 basis points. Central banks across the globe have been raising interest rates to restore price stability and get rampant inflation under control. In the U.S., these rate heights were the biggest since 1994. And now let's take a look at our coin of the day. Our coin of the day today is Chainlink. We haven't done this one. Chainlink has been on the show so many times, we just haven't done it. But it's been a while since we've spoken to them. Let's do this as coin of the day. It's ticker L-I-N-K. It's ranked number 24 in coin market cap. Its price right now is $6.88. Its market cap is $3.2 billion. Fully diluted market cap is $6.8 billion. 47% of Link is in circulation. So what was the all-time high for Link? It was set a year ago at $52.88. It's down 87% since then. Its all-time low was five years ago. In 2017, it was 12.6 cents. It's up 5,000% since then. Let's just say you could buy it everywhere and spare the time of going through exchanges because you could buy it pretty much everywhere. You could buy it in the U.S. market. You could buy it in foreign markets. It's fine. So what is Chainlink? Well, Chainlink was founded in 2017, and it's a blockchain abstraction layer that enables universally connected smart contracts. Through a decentralized Oracle network, Chainlink allows blockchains to securely interact with external data feeds events and payment methods, providing the critical off-chain information needed by complex smart contracts to become dominant form of digital agreements. What does that mean? Well, basically, they're looking and taking external data and putting it into these smart contracts or allowing them to connect to these smart contracts so they have the right data to execute the needed operations. Anyway, that's Chainlink, ticker L-I-N-K, ranked number 24 on CoinMarketCap. Moving into today's headlines. Bipartisan legislation to establish a regulatory regime for stablecoins in the United States has been pushed back to after August recess. In a statement, Representative Maxine Waters said, Secretary Jenny Yellen and I have been making considerable progress towards an agreement on the legislation. We are unfortunately not there yet and will therefore continue our negotiations over the August recess. She added that it's critical that we continue moving the ball forward on this so we can come up with a regulatory framework that protects consumers while allowing for responsible innovation. In a February 2022 hearing, Representative Waters highlighted the risk of stablecoins, noting that investigations have shown that many of these sold-called stablecoins are not, in fact, backed fully by reserve assets, and that speculative trading and lack of investor protections could even threaten the U.S. financial stability. And so I really think that this is a really good way to look at this. They're right. 
if you're not fully packed, it really threatens stuff. We saw what happened with Celsius of Voyager. Like the whole crypto space started tumbling down. Good thing banks and other financial products were using stable coins or these companies with loans and the leverages uh, that could topple different aspects of the, of the economy. And I really like what Representative Waters said about a regulatory framework that protects consumers while allowing for responsible innovation. With that said, even though Representative Waters is saying the right things, we have to make sure that the right actions are being taken. She was born in 1938 and is 83 years old. Now, I'm not saying anything about her being 83 years old. I'm just saying with bleeding edge technology takes somebody very special to understand the two aspects of this. Number one, the technology, the bleeding edge technology, but not only the technology, but also the cultural importance behind it, the vision for the future of what this is going to do, how people are going to interact with this technology in the future. Can an 83-year-old lawmaker do that? Well, she said the right things, but make sure that we look at the fine details. Look, I'm born in 1979. I'm 43 years old this year, and I can already see culturally from the young people to myself, there's already becoming a gap. Now, I'm at the front of bleeding-edge technology, but eventually that bleeding-edge technology and that culture is going to pass me by, and somebody's going to have to keep an eye on making sure that I'm just not making legislation that is stuck in the past. But so far, it sounds pretty good. The UK Law Commission on Thursday proposed changes to clarify how property laws apply to digital assets in England and Wales. The UK government tasked the commission with reviewing the law to ensure that it can accommodate digital assets as they continue to evolve and expand as stores of value, forms of payment, and or equity and debt securities. To strengthen this approach, the agency suggests recognizing a new category of personal property called data objects. We provisionally conclude that crypto tokens satisfy our proposed criteria of data objects and are appropriate objects of property rights. <laughs> Could you just, can't you just write that in plain English? I don't know, maybe it is. It sounds a little confusing to me. Anyway, the commission says that the new proposal aims to deliver wider recognition and legal protections for digital assets, allowing more diverse range of people and companies to interact online and benefit from them. Meta disclosed this afternoon that its metaverse-specific division suffered losses of $2.81 billion this quarter. That puts the division's year-to-date losses at an eye-popping $5.77 billion. The division is Facebook Reality Labs. It's distinct from Facebook, Instagram Messenger, and WhatsApp, and focuses on building hardware, software, and content central to Meta's push into the metaverse. Facebook Reality Labs generated $452 million in revenue in the period. That's down 35% from last quarter. Last year, the division posted a staggering annual loss of $10.2 billion, and it's currently on track to do the same thing in 2022. In more meta news, the FTC filed a lawsuit against meta platforms in the U.S. District Court of the Northern District of California to block the company's announced purchase of Within, the VR game developer behind the popular fitness app Supernatural. That deal looks like it is worth around $400 million. The firm said that it pursed the closing date of the deal to August 1st to accommodate the FTC. The FTC alleges that Meta is attempting to stifle VR fitness competition from independent studios by purchasing the studio behind leading apps in the space rather than developing its own rival program. The commission voted 3-2 to two in favor of filing the suit to block the deal. That's interesting. I want your opinion on that. I mean, that's what companies do. People start like companies with the hopes of getting bought out. I mean, of course, everybody has the multi-billion dollar or trillion dollar uh, wish that their company grows into a trillion dollar publicly traded company. But sometimes they're building a company hoping to get bought by these other companies like Facebook or Google. 
And if you're a founder of a, of a startup, of a scrappy little startup, and somebody's going to offer you $400 million for your scrappy little startup, um, that's a good thing. Or it could be stifling innovation and competition. I mean, that's the good thing about innovation, competition, and entrepreneurship. These companies will look at this and go, that's what we need. We will incorporate that into our company and, and those ideas, those minds, and that culture. I don't know. It's almost like a good and a bad at the same time. I want your opinion. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. And finally, nothing says Web3 like a brick and mortar. A brick and mortar store, that is. Opening in New York. What store is it? Oh, it's a Solana-themed store. It's called Solana Spaces. Inside the store, you'll learn of how Solana works and what Web3 is. They'll set you up with a wallet. They'll set you up with their first NFTs. And they'll guide you through your first on-chain transaction. Beyond NFTs and Phantom Wallet tutorials, the space will also provide customers with interactive art installations and plenty of Solana-branded merch for sale, including a limited run of Blank Souls sneakers. So if you want to get involved with Web3 and you thought getting involved in Web3 involves going on the web, you're wrong. It actually involves you going down to the Web3 store. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Tomorrow is my favorite day. It's our weekend review. And until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>